So I think that, you know, it's not a red flag if that's cool with you, but that's something to notice. Like, how do these people prioritize their basics, their friends, their family, their romantic relationships, their job, their physical health or mental health. It's like, we all have a ranking of these things and you have to make sure that somebody's ranking you the same way that you're ranking them. Welcome back to Unhinged. This week I interviewed Victoria. She's a TikTok creator and copywriter based out of New York. We talked about red flags and how to avoid them, how to keep your friends close, even when you're having a really exciting and great relationship with a partner or situationship, whatever it may be. And we also discussed how to kind of get over your first date anxiety. A lot of Victoria's TikTok is about dating and most of her content is just I would say all of her content is just very relatable. So you guys should definitely check her out. All of the Instagram and social media accounts we mentioned at the end of the episode, if you want to find it there, or you can go on the unhinged podcast underscore to check her out from there. Cause we're going to post a few graphics now that the episode is live. Well, talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, I'm so thrilled to have Victoria on Unhinged today. She's a TikTok creator and a copywriter who focuses on dating content about her life in New York. She is constantly blowing up on TikTok for making almost too relatable content. She's a Virgo. And she actually was born on the exact same day that I was born, which we found out when we met up in New York. So to plan out the episode. So Victoria, welcome to Unhinged. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad we had our parent trap moment when we met in real life. <laughs> no, it really did feel that way. Um, I, I need to rewatch Parent Trap too. It's time. I haven't watched it in a while, but I know their birthday is coming up because I remember them being like October 11th. Yes, when birthday's <laughs> coming up. Oh my gosh, only in five days. Wow. Literally. So good. That was literally how it went for us. It was so crazy. For context, I was like, yeah, how old are you, Victoria? And she was like, actually, I turned 20. Can I say 25? Yeah, you can say 25. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Some people are weird about their age. And she was like, yeah, I turned 25 in two days. And I said, wait a minute, same. And it was just the weirdest thing, (laughs) like the weirdest thing ever. But yes. It's a popular day to be born. Just subtract nine months from from September and... You can figure that out for yourself. Yes, it's a celebration, a celebration birth, <laughs> which is good <laughs> to ring in the new year. Um, so Victoria, how did you get started on TikTok? And when did you kind of start seeing that things and certain trends in dating were blowing up? How did you decide that that would be kind of your content? I was actually kind of an early TikTok downloader for someone who is technically a millennial. I kind of had it even before the pandemic. I know everyone downloaded it when we were in lockdown because we were so bored but I was so bored that I started trying to figure it out and understand how trends work and I'm sure if I watched the videos I first posted I would be appalled but I think that one of the first videos that really took off was about dating and so I realized that you know when you you post a lot of similar content 
not only does it do well if it's relatable, but people will follow you if they see that you post about the same thing a lot. Because if somebody's like kind of miscellaneous, there's not you can't really relate to them. You're not really going to follow them. But, you know, I would get a lot of comments from other young women in various cities across the country being like, oh, this happened to me. This is my life right now. And, you know, it's it's funny. It's turning, you know, turning the trauma into comedy or content. And it just kind of stuck. So I really committed to that role of being the single person. I mean, I make TikToks about everything, but pretty much the ones about dating are the ones that do the best because a lot of us out here kind of need something to laugh about. Yeah. So do you think that the New York dating scene is relatable to people or is it kind of a niche? It for sure has its own quirks, but I don't believe when people say, oh, the scene in Boston is terrible. The scene in DC is terrible. The scene in LA is terrible. I'm like, everybody's having a tough time or having fun. You know, it's just this weird blend of both of those emotions. So I don't think it really has much to do with the location. I think it has a lot to do with our generation and our relationship with technology, um, you know, who you date, you know, if you're dating guys, if you're dating girls, if you're dating opposite gender, the same gender, obviously I can only speak to dating guys. So I think that even though there's certainly defining factors about how things happen here in New York, it's, it's a pretty common theme, you know, I'm sure I talked to my cousin who lives in Madrid in Spain, she was born and raised there. And she can relate to some of my stories. So it's, it's the, it's the shot heard around the world for sure. Yeah. I love that. It's good. It's almost disheartening. Cause I know people will go to another country and they're like, maybe it's different. I'm going to restart my life. And then men are the same. Well, it's definitely different if you are a foreigner, you know, I studied abroad in Spain and when I would go on dates with Spanish guys, they thought it was the coolest thing in the world to be out with an American. I'm like, Dang, I wish like Chad and Brad back home thought I was this cool too. So (laughs) you can definitely have an eat, pray, love moment if you try hard enough. Yeah, I love that movie so much. Holy shit. So, okay, since all of your content is surrounded by, you know, dating and and you getting, getting after it, you know, would your brand need some reconstruction if you ended up getting into a relationship? (laughs) Or do you, do you avoid relationships to maintain the brand? I should say. I definitely am not avoiding them. I can promise you that. Um, I think that, yes, I would probably be less funny if I didn't have so many bad dating experiences. That is the truth. Um, I mean, my friends and I joke that, you know, if I had, if I had a boyfriend tomorrow, I might my TikTok would be kaput, but um, I think I think that there's uh, enough relatable experiences between the ages of, you know, 22 and 30 or whatever that you can kind of hang on to those experiences for a lifetime, and you know, use them to be relatable. I mean, my mom tells me stories, and I'm like, oh my god, that's so true, mom. They still do that. So, I think that for sure things would be different if I wasn't so actively dating, but. I'm going to hang on to it as long as possible. I'm going to hang on to these 15 minutes of semi-fame. Yeah, yeah. And also it's good to have an end goal. I feel like it makes the process of dating a lot easier when you're like, well, one day relationship. Until then, fun stories and and experiences and whatever. Have there been any interesting dates that you've been on so far? I actually have had a pretty 
pretty rough two months. I had been sick for a while, so I wasn't, you know, actively seeking anyone until I was better. And I was just getting like a lot of cancellations, like a lot of last minute cancellations or a lot of like, let's go out on Tuesday. And then there was no follow-up. So just a lot of that was happening. And I got super frustrated and I was like, I can't, you know, take the reins and plan all these dates. Like I need, I need somebody to give me something. So, um, it's been a weird time, I guess, like with it being the end of hot girl summer, people maybe aren't prioritizing it as much, but, um, I actually just made a TikTok the other day saying like, you know what, forget it. We're going to have a friendship fall. Like I'm just hanging with the girlies. If a date falls into my lap, so be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I actually just had a thought like that recently where I was like, you know what, I think I'm not going to go on dating apps for like months and months. But like, if I'm hanging out with my friends and someone approaches me and with some like date, then fine. But other than that, fall is for friends. It's true. Yeah. It's like Friendsgiving the whole time. You just want to exactly. go pick apples or like, uh, yes, yes. That's all I want. That's all I want. <laughs> I actually, it sounds sacrilegious, but I did delete my dating apps the other day and I'm not one of those chronic deleters that like deletes them every other month and then downloads like I've only ever deleted them once or twice in my life and the other day I was just so annoyed that I deleted them and I know that's probably gonna hurt my brand but I certainly needed a break and I didn't even want the temptation of tapping on the app so they're gonna be gone for a while maybe through the end of October once I get through like a few things I have going on this month you know yeah. even professionals need a need a break yeah even professionals yeah um cancellations are so frustrating though I feel like I have a really hard time I want people to be honest and not do something if they're not comfortable with it but I do think when it comes to first dates a lot of people are canceling because they are really effective at planning them but then they when it gets down to it they get nervous and then they just mm-hmm. kind of shy away and they say you know I can't do this anymore, but it's stressful. You don't, you want to like, at least give it a chance before you flake. Yeah. I mean, every, a first date can last as little as 45 minutes if you want it to. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's, I mean, if there's, there is harm, if you feel unsafe, you should never go on a first date, but even if, you know, you're, you're not like super interested or you're not super confident, like you might as well just go and have the 45 minutes. I had somebody kind of cancel on me the other day because he made some sort of joke about not wanting a relationship before we had even met, like before we had even gone on the first date. And I was like, don't say that yet. And he was like, do you not want to go out with me anymore? And I was like, honestly, no, like someone that's not even open to the possibility of committing to someone, I'm not going to go on a date with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) that's so funny. Honestly, no. Yeah, Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's literally what said honestly no thanks (laughs) thank you for that but no thank you so do you have any um as someone who's been creating content and going on dates what advice would you give to people that have first date anxiety and date anxiety generally but I do feel like the first date especially the first date after a long time not dating is pretty spooky Mm -hmm. to use a to use an October word it's pretty spooky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is it is spooky. It is spooky. And I'm afraid of all things spooky. Yeah. But um I think my biggest piece of advice is that it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I can tell you my first date in New York. I can I can remember what I was wearing and where I was sitting and I was in the office and I really had a I literally had a stomach ache. I was so nervous. And 
it's just, it's not that big of a deal. Like you're either going to be really comfortable with this person, have a great time, or you're not going to like them at all. And you never have to speak to them again. And that's fine. So it's like, there's low risk and high reward. So why wouldn't you go? You know, I also think that with working from home, I know some people have had to go back to the office, but with working from home, I like to plan a date for like eight o'clock and have plenty of time after work to get ready. I'll have like a glass of wine or a white claw because honestly, you cannot show up to a first date just like stone cold, sober after a long day. So yeah, and like, I just like to, you know, take a screenshot of the person I'm going out with, send it to my friends. I don't tell them the person's name. I'm like, oh yeah, this is soccer guy because he plays soccer, you know, and you know, it's not that big of a deal. They're not that important in your life until you decide that they are. So you might as well just go. If anything, you tried a new bar or got a free drink or explored a different part of town. Yeah. You can find like a good place for whoever you take on your next date too. Mm -hmm. Like that's definitely, definitely true. I'm guilty of using the same location like six times. <laughs> There's like two bars in my neighborhood that I'm like, I don't think I can go on dates here anymore because I use them all the time for first date spots. Yeah, this the like the staff at the restaurant's probably like, oh, she's back. She's got another. Yeah, they're probably like, what a baddie. And I'm like, no, well, like, yeah. what they don't know is I'm not clicking with any of these people. Yeah, literally. I feel like that's such a good point. I think it's the big problem surrounding the anxiety around dating is it can just, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It can just literally be like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, maybe an interview to a company or something like that is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Or like going to a big event and like presenting. And I don't know. I'm just like making stuff up. What is, what is a big deal? It's kind of like, and I don't mean this in a rude way. It's kind of just a chore. Like it's a quick chore, but maybe it's like your more fun chore. Like it's not as miserable as doing laundry. It's a more of a fun chore, like going to Trader Joe's, you know, like you could get some great stuff out of it, but you know, it's just a quick chore. You got to get it done. And you know that it's going to be important to how the rest of your week or month or year goes. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, chore isn't, it's not the wrong word. It like does add up at a certain point. It can kind of feel like a chore until that magical moment when it doesn't. And you're like, wow, that was a really nice that was a really nice few minutes there. So like you said, you go to bars around your house. Is that like a tactic and you can go home quickly or is it just convenience? No, that was more of, I would say that was like a winter 2021 tactic because you had to strategically find a place with a good heater Mm -hmm. um, because of outdoor dining. And I actually prefer to leave my neighborhood now because I was finding that when I went on dates in my own neighborhood, there were would want to walk me home. And I was like, I don't want this, this guy to know where I live. So now I'm usually like, where do you live? And we can meet halfway or I'll be like, I can come to you if I like the neighborhood that they live in. But yeah, definitely staying within your neighborhood is risky. I actually went out with multiple people who live in my neighborhood, like within a five block radius. And I see them sometimes and like I shouldn't have done that (laughs) it's like here I am like a sweaty mess just trying to go to Trader Joe's yeah and you're like hey how's it going (laughs) that's terrible yeah I do feel like there is some tact to maybe putting your like date radius like a little wider so just in case you can avoid Mm -hmm. avoid things like that exactly but then again like if you fell in love with someone or you like had some sort of committed friends with benefits going with someone who was two blocks away oh my god that would be so convenient it would be good if it worked 
it would be good if it worked that's the key it didn't it didn't work (laughs) I kind of was feeling like and and you and I were feeling like the best way to spread the lessons you've learned from your dating and your content creation is to discuss red flags and what to do when you see them and get out fast how to spot Mm -hmm. them early on all that so oh yeah Yes, it's, I mean, there's a lot of red flags, but what's your favorite? And some of them are pink. Some of them are pink. Yeah. You can stick around for them, but a lot of them are flaming red and you gotta, you gotta get out for your life. (laughs) Run for your life. Yeah. What's the, what's the most recent red flag you've witnessed in the past few? Um, I would say my biggest one, and we kind of talked about this, are just like basic manners, especially when it comes to cancellation the cancellation of the date or the the planning of the date you just kind of have to think about you know the basic manners that your parents would want you to work by you know you set a time you show up on time you're respectful to that person you're not on your phone and I think a lot of people are missing that a lot of people cancel at the last second don't give you good reason don't follow up with you the day of so you're sitting there at four o'clock being like am I am I going out tonight so I think you know a lot of times if somebody's exhibiting those behaviors they just don't want to go out with you so that's fine the trash takes itself out but a lot of times you know there have been people that I've been involved with and you look back at the first few dates or times you hung out and you're like, oh yeah, they were always late. They always canceled. I know someone who would cancel on me. And then I would say, hey, that's not okay to cancel on me. And he'd be like, well, I'm so busy. How dare you get mad? I'm like, whoa, just standing up for myself. So like something as basic as canceling and showing up on time speaks volumes about how a person is. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people act busier than everyone else. Oh my god! I'm literally like, you're being so rude right now. Like, stop! Like, everyone's busy. <laughs> okay, we are. I knew. I knew we were the same person because that is one of my biggest pet peeves. When people in college be like, I studied until four a.m. and I'm like, cool. Like, we're all we're all having a tough time. We're all studying. Mm-hmm. I. It's it's not the being busy because I understand people are busy and I appreciate when people take time out of their day to spend time with me because I want to take time out of my day and spend it with them. But it's like, why is your busy more important than my busy? You know, if I blocked off Tuesday to get drinks with you, why is your you know decision to do some homework on a Tuesday night more important than like fact that I cleared my day it's it's very it's very um is it narcissistic I don't know I'm getting I'm getting a little trigger happy using that word but it's definitely it's definitely up there yeah it's it's just it also kind of just hurts your feelings because you're like well I'm busy like but I was gonna make it work it is tough one of my favorite podcasters who is um we met at Acme she Mm -hmm. gave this advice once that was like I used to get so mad at this guy I was dating who was older than me Cause he wouldn't respond to my text during the day. And I was so pissed off cause I was in my early twenties and he wasn't, but I didn't think that that meant he literally couldn't look at his phone all day. And then she realized when she got older that it's just like, he just had all these like work things he had to do that cause he was just higher up and it was just a different thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in instances like that, fair enough. But I feel like if someone's going through like a pretty similar thing to you, and then you both try to make it work and you're going to make it work. And then it's like, whoosh, I'm turning it around on you. 
it does hurt you're like all right well it's a personal preference for me at least that because I for me I put my friends and my family and you know if I was dating someone like that would be that's more important to me than my job I love my job but like I'm just one of those people that my personal life is more important because that's what makes me happy so if I don't think I could get along with someone who you know, works in finance and stays in the office until 9.30 every night and, you know, misses your anniversary dinner and then eventually misses your daughter's recital. Like, that's just not the kind of person I would be interested in. So I think that, you know, it's not a red flag. That's cool with you, but that's something to notice. Like, how do these people prioritize their basics, their friends, their family, their romantic relationships, their job, their physical health or mental health. It's like, we all have a ranking of these things and you have to make sure that somebody's ranking you the same way that you're ranking them. That's such a good point. Even though it seems like you don't have to do that at our age, it is important for you to look out for things like that, like how they would act as a a long-term partner when they show up in certain ways early on in the Mm -hmm. dating process. Definitely changes can happen and and you could misinterpret things, but I feel like the workaholic mentality doesn't normally change all that much. That being said, I'm very attracted to drive and like people who are driven and like intellectuals or whatever, but I do think there's a line that can be drawn. I mean, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Um, So you said you were friend-based. Can you get into that a little more like friend oriented and kind of gathered your happiness and your joy from that versus everything else? Sure. I mean, that's, that's been advice from my mom since I was little, you know, your your friends are going to be the ones that are there for you. Never, ever blow off your girlfriends for some guy, because at the end of the day, every guy just is some guy. So it's always stuck with me to prioritize my friends. And I mean, to be fully transparent, I've always been flirty. I've always been boy crazy. Like I've always been I've never been like, oh, I'm not going to pay attention to boys for the next few months. Like I always have been, but you know, if someone tries to ask me out on a date on Tuesday and that's movie night with my girlfriends, like I'm not moving that that's important to me. And I think that, you know, everybody you meet, you're either going to hypothetically, you're either going to break up with them or you're going to marry them or be with them forever. So if you're going to break up with them, you know, you probably won't care about them one day, but you'll still care about your friends. So keep your friends close. And if you're going to marry them, then, well, you're going to wake up next to them every day for the rest of your life. And your best friend, you know, could live hours away. So I think that, especially at the age we are now, which is our whispers in the 20s, but um, (laughs) I think that it's important to prioritize people who you know care about you for sure not, you know, these potential people that you went on a couple of dates with, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the day, your, your friends too, if, you know, they're rooting for you. So if you have a date, they're going to, you know, help configure the weekly plans to make sure you can go on your date. And they're going to, you know, be out with you and encourage you to go meet up with him and all that stuff. But I think that, I don't know, it's just, it's an important priority for me. And it's always worked out because, I look around sometimes and literally cry because I've got a good collection of friends. Yes, I know. I, I feel I feel like it truly is the, the age where your friends are basically your family at this point. Like you just see them so often. You trust in them. They trust in you. You help each other out. Like, and it's a really tumultuous time to be alive, your 20s. It's just yikes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of problems. <laughs> 
a lot of things that can go really, really great. A lot of things that can go really wrong, but your friends are always there. And yeah, there is totally a time when you're thinking like, I really like this guy and I think he likes me, but like, I have no idea if this will work out. So I can't, you can't just only go for guys that want you if you're available all the time for them. Oh yeah. That's a big, big red flag. If they expect you to be available to them 24 seven, you have to leave space for your hobbies and your people and yourself. Yeah. Leave room for Jesus. Leave room for Jesus. (laughs) Um, Yeah, exactly. So when you see a red flag, pink flag, maybe when you see a pink flag, what's your first thought? Are you thinking like, all right, it's over or all right, two more dates. How does your mindset change when you're seeing someone in you and he exhibits um, a pink flag? You know, if you asked me this a year ago, I would say that every red flag is a little pink and I ignore them. I think I've reached my quota of red flags that I can ignore in my life. So now when I see them, even if they're kind of tiny, even if they're kind of pink, I'm just like, you know what, I'm out. I'm like, if this isn't going to bring me joy, what's that TV show where she organizes your house? She's like, does it bring you joy? If it's not going to bring me joy, then no. it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Maria Con- Marie Kondo or Maria Marie Kondo? K- Marie Kondo. Yeah. Marie Kondo. It, I, am, I am Marie Kondoing my dating life. If it's not bringing me joy, it's out. I cannot, I cannot, I mean, you know, again, so busy. You can't have, there's no room for that. There's no room for nonsense. I simply cannot deal with it. And I think sometimes guys are surprised by that. You know, I once a couple weeks ago, two months ago, whatever, I had a date with somebody and he texts me from the location of the date and he says, hey, I'm here, but I have to leave at 9.30 and it was 8.30 and I was a 15 minute walk away. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not there yet. So we would only really have 45 minutes. And he goes, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I just have somewhere I need to be. And if you want to reschedule and, you know, another night next week would definitely be better. And I was just like, this guy scheduled a date, knowing he had a place to be, postpone the time, like all this nonsense. And I was like, you know what? Cancel it and don't reschedule it. I'm not, I don't have the space for you. You're not bringing me joy. You're already, you're already giving me a headache and I haven't even met you yet. And I was just like, no. So that was probably one of my biggest Marie Kondos. And my, my best friend texted me and said, you're not even going to go and like get a sense of what he's like. And I'm like, you know what? I've, I've ignored situations like this before. And then months down the line, been like, oh yes, there were signs. So it's just not worth it. Is it possible to be too careful when looking for red flags? Do you think that that can lead to closing doors like I'm gonna apply cancel culture to dating right now like <laughs> canceling someone before they've had like a chance to meet you do you think there's ever too much of that to maybe where you are not fully exploring some opportunities that could work out well for you sure I'm, I mean I'm sure there are and I'm sure you know people always say like if you swipe left too much you could be missing out on the love of your life but everyone's like I wouldn't swipe left on the level of my life. So I think that even though I could be missing out on some people that are fine and the red flags really aren't that big of a deal, I'm like, you know what? Someone who's really worth my time would have no red flags or at least they would have things that I don't consider red flags. Mm -hmm. So for me, there are your standard red flags that apply to everyone, but they're ones that really just grind my gears. And I'm like, I cannot deal. But you know, you're willing to overlook things, especially based on how people react. There was a guy I was trying to set up a date with and he had a dog and he lived alone. (laughs) And 
he really had no flexibility in his schedule because of the dog. So it was either we go on a date at 9.30 or at 7.30 in the morning. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, can we do this? Can we do that? Trying to work with this person. And normally I would consider the lack of availability as a red flag, but I wasn't because I was trying to be understanding. It had been a long time since I had gone on a date. And his response to me requesting some flexibility was actually kind of rude. So I was like, okay, there's the red flag. Like, you know, you responding to me setting a boundary, me trying to, you know, bleach the red flag is the red flag. I think I just said red flag like 82 times in that sentence, but I yeah. think you followed. <laughs> I followed you. Yeah, you have to know know thyself, know thy red flags. You have to know these things mm-hmm. about you because it's not going to get better on their end and then you'll just be like resentful later on. Exactly. I would say too that like it's a good example of you attempting to work with him and then when you say hey, it's been difficult to work with you a little bit, they don't react very well to that. Then you're like, great, mm-hmm. okay. So now I know where your priorities are. It's the dog. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to just move on. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't think you should play games and test people, but there are certain aspects of my personality that do test people before I even go on dates with them. Like I, I have a hinge prompt that says my most controversial opinion is that Mama Mia is greater than the Godfather. Obviously, I don't mean that. You don't compare these two movies. But sometimes, you know, guys will message me and like really fight me on it and like kind of be rude to me for loving Mama Mia. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we have Meryl Streep and Colin Firth drunk on a Grecian island. Let me, let, let people enjoy things. So little things like that, you know, help you dig up these red flags before you even meet people. Cause I'm like, if this is the hill you're going to die on that I like made a joke about the Godfather, then maybe you wouldn't handle my sense of humor. So we're not even going to bother. Yeah. Just adding a little test in your prompts is such a good idea. My test, I don't have the dating apps right now, but in my test, it was what has been your favorite Halloween costume ever? Because I'm obsessed with people that dress up like aggressively for anything at all. Like if there's any like slight costume party kind of thing, if they go all out, then like, that's it. We're going to get along well. That's Mm -hmm. friends and partners and stuff. So that was always my little test. And I sadly, I added it too late. And then I started seeing someone and I was like, oh, I never actually figured out if that would help, but. I might steal it. Honestly, I feel the same way. If, If you take costume parties seriously, you're my kind of person. Yeah, it's a good one. I feel like it's a type of person too. Or like, this is not something that I don't, I think could be expressed in a prompt, but like someone who's willing to like kind of be dumb and like dance, dance like nobody's watching. That's so cheesy, but like (laughs) to like go, go out and and dance versus being like, I'm going to be the cool person on the side who's just sipping on my drink. I think a lot of people want the cool person, but I want the person who's like dancing and like, that's fine. It's just like what I want. I think it's going to, yeah, it's good. 100%. Yeah. So this is kind of shifting gears ish, but I was curious if you think that living in such a large city and having dating apps with kind of endless opportunity to connect with people, just like endless people on these apps, do you feel like sometimes that huge amount of people leads to you ending things quicker than you would have normally just because you know that there's other options? Kind of like just being quick to say no and walk away and like, Mm-hmm. you know physically yeah. left swipe someone in real life yeah yeah like do you think the sheer number of people leads to saying goodbye more often because you know there are more people I'm sure it means that 
to a lot of people. And I'm sure what you just said does carry a bit of truth. I think I'm pretty self-aware. I don't do that. I think that I'm very much based off of the, the chemical reaction, the like clicking, the spark, whatever you want to call it, whatever your favorite rom-com calls it. Me, I, I know, you know, within like half an hour, whether or not I click with someone. So if I do, we're going to go out again. If I don't, we're not going to go out again. If I'm like really unsure, maybe we'll go out again. We probably won't make it past the second date. So I think that you know, I've never been with someone and been like, I really like them, but I bet there's someone better. Because if I really like them, I'm giving them my all because that's just the way I am. I, I don't have the roster. Like it's one very lucky person gets my attention at a time. But I, I'm, I'm sure that there are plenty of people that are like, you know, there's somebody better here on this app, in this bar, running in Central Park, etc. And I always say that we're a little bit too connected because of social media and our phones and all the nonsense and I understand that like I love Instagram I love TikTok I literally do it all the time obviously but I think that because we're too connected it's messing up the way we interact with people so you know you're gonna go on a date with someone and they follow you on Instagram and I'll be like why did this person follow me on Instagram before we even went on a first date? Because now I can't reshare this funny meme about how terrible dating is. Or, you know, I've, I've been having this issue the past couple of weeks because, you know, meme accounts will post my TikToks and I want to repost them because I'm like proud of that. And I'm like, oh, this random guy I went on three dates with follows me. Why would he do that? So, and, you know, we look into who watches our stories and we look into you know, how long it takes someone to reply to a text. And then we think about how long we should reply to theirs. It's like, yada, yada, yada. It's like, it's an information overload for sure. And I don't think we've properly grasped how to use it. Yeah, you're so right. Number one, you should remove them as a follower. You can do that. You can do that. I can show you. I can show you. I don't know. I, I think, I think people who went out with me, I want them to see that I'm still like pretty. And still fun, kicking. You know? yeah. <laughs> I, you can remove as a follower. I kind of forget how. This is how you do it. Did you do it? You go in the top three, the little three dots in the top right, you click them and then you okay. can click remove follower. So I'm going to remove, actually, no, I'm not, but this oh, is why wow. I can almost remove it. <laughs> Yo, that's shady, but I'm kind of It's kind of shady. Yes. You can remove people as followers if you don't want them lurking. That's it's good possible. to know. So yeah, I agree that people are too connected. I guess I have two questions coming out of that. How often are you sharing your Instagram and is it you saying let's follow each other? Or is it them saying, what's your Instagram? That's my first question. I never share my Instagram with guys. Maybe I have once or twice before, but like now it's a hard and fast rule. Um, someone actually asked me for it the other day. And I said, you can just text me. And he was like, you don't, you're not big on DMs. I'm like, no, I'm not big on DMs. Like sliding into the DMs is what I like to do to C-list actors. You know, and it's <laughs> not for someone you want to date. So I don't prefer to share it with people. I think, you know, once you're really dating someone, obviously you are connected in so many ways that it's okay if you follow each other on social media, but I never give away my Instagram. Um, sometimes people find me because it is my real name, but I, I don't give it away. I don't give, I do not get my TikTok because it is mm -hmm. so much less flattering than my Instagram. But again, people have found me because I'm not exactly hiding. And I especially do not give my Snapchat. In fact, if somebody asks for it, that's the biggest red flag. Like you are a grown man. You do not ask me for that. For years, I put up with people like using that little blue arrow chat to communicate with me. And by people, I mean guys. And I'm like, that's not, 
that's not real communication. That is a surefire sign that you are an absolute tool bag. <laughs> yeah, I literally cannot snap. I don't get it. I miss that boat. I don't know if it's my age, our age, our collective age, but I can't do Snapchat. Well, I think like we kind of grew up with Snapchat. Like I remember getting it junior year of high school and you would just send like really ugly pictures to your friends. Like Snapchat stories were big in college. Now I, I feel like in the pandemic, my friends and I use it to send each other like long-winded videos, just like telling a story instead of texting it. But I do not like to use it to communicate with guys at all. No, only for the friend snap groups. Those are, those are gold. Mm -hmm. We love those. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you was I really like the way that you are operating in that you are not thinking, oh my gosh, I really like this guy, but I bet there's people that are better out there. That's the ideal way to be. I think a lot of people do act like that. A lot of people are overwhelmed. The numbers of people that are on these apps because they have access to them. Like I think the accessibility of apps is what maybe started that problem because you could always imagine that there were those people but you didn't see them you know on an app what advice would you give to kind of shift your mindset to the mindset that you have that's just like enjoy the moment make dating about you and the other person if you like them continue seeing them if you don't don't right I just I think that there's there's no one better than the person who's right for you. So if you found that person, why would you drop them and run away? That's just so silly to it's like giving back a gift, it's returning a gift. And that's coming from the person who, you know, is never given anyone that like is good for them. And I also think that, you know, maybe there's somebody more handsome out there, somebody richer out there, somebody funnier out there, somebody who lives in a better neighborhood, somebody who has a better group of friends. But at the end of the day, like, that better person might not even like you back. And I do understand, you know, sometimes I'll have two dates in a week and there's always one that you're looking forward to more than the other, but you kind of have to go into everything with an open mind. It's just, it's the way that life works, whether it's dating or like the movie you're going to watch. It's, you're going to automatically dislike things if you go in with a negative mindset. Yeah, that's great advice. Amazing. So have there been any TikToks lately that have really seemed to... I'm actually missing a word. It's like the same word as relatable. It's like it's stuck with someone. Resonated. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I'm going to run it back. Okay. okay. Have you had any TikToks lately that have really resonated with your audience and the rest of the TikTok community that you want to share? Okay. Absolutely. I, there's actually been two this week that I literally used the same sound for, but the red flags that I think about all the time. And one of them, so many people can relate to, it's when someone says that they don't want a relationship, but then they expect all the aspects of a relationship. I call it being someone's freelance girlfriend. So there's no label, there's no security. They could literally ghost you at any time, but you know, they still expect you to go out with them, be physical with them, have sleepovers with them. They're introducing you to their friends and you know, When someone says they don't want a relationship, you have to listen. They mean it. And sometimes they don't mean they don't want one. They mean they don't want one with you. But I understand that it can be very confusing when someone's actions don't match their words. So I made a funny TikTok about that, about how someone, you know, wants to have their cake and eat it too. They want a freelance girlfriend. And there were so many comments that were like, this has been me for six months. This is me. Oh my God. Like this happens all the time. And I responded to as many comments as I can just being like, walk away. You know, you're going to, you're going to get stuck. And it's really, really bad. If somebody says they don't want a relationship and you don't want one either, then that's not a red flag. But if you do, do not wait around 
waiting for them to change their mind because they literally never will. And, you know, when they're done with you, they'll probably be dating someone else within a few weeks of dropping you. You know, it was, it was just never going to be you, which is so, so harsh, but everybody needs to hear it. I need to hear it. I need to like say it into mirror every day. It's insane. There was another one that was kind of in a similar vein. I wouldn't say it's a red flag depending on the context, but I've noticed a lot lately that um, guys on dating apps will put in their bio. They're like, I'm willing to go on a few dates and see where things go. And I'm like, okay, I hear you. That's the definition of dating. You go on a first date, you like them, you go on a second, you like them more, you go on a third. Like that's quite literally how it works. But we're so casualized that like the concept of being willing to go on a date is a bragging point in a bio. You know, he's like, hey, I'm not just going to ask you to hang out and watch a movie in my apartment. I'm going to go out for a drink. And I'm like, that's not something to be celebrated. That's how it works. That's what we should be doing. So I don't think it's a red flag. It's just kind of funny and kind of speaks to how we operate these days as young single people. But I do think if somebody says that to you around, you know, dates three and four, it's a pink flag. I've been in situations before where people have said that to me and they really just said it so that they could absolve themselves of responsibilities later on. So when they're like, oh, this isn't real. We're not really going out. We're just hanging out. It's like, remember I said, I was just willing to go on a couple drinks and see what happens. So that's definitely a pinkish flag or not a red flag at all. And just a sad commentary on society. Yeah, I feel like those would definitely hit home with so many people. If someone says they don't want to date, you have to listen and like meet them where they are because I mean, that's all you can really do. If there's a spectrum and dating is on one end and and like casually seeing each other is is on the other, then you can't really you can't really go to to the end that is dating, but you can both meet it. Let's casually see each other. There's a difference between dating and dating someone like I'm dating right now I'm going on dates Mm -hmm. I'm meeting up with guys I'm talking to them I'm interested in them that is dating that is what I'm doing if me and a guy have been on six or so dates and we're like really getting into it then you know we're kind of dating Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes people are people are so afraid of the word that Mm -hmm. it's like no it's okay like if I went if I went on three dates with someone I'll be like oh yeah I dated them once like it's not it's not that big of a deal nobody's wearing a ring everybody's fine yeah. and I think that sometimes it it takes a lot of courage to walk away from someone you like because they're not on the same page as you and it's an even bigger red flag when they kind of try to pull you back in you know I've been in a situation before where I was like hey you're clearly not interested in the same stuff I'm interested in so let's not hang out anymore and they you know kind of double back and like wait no like we can still hang out and it's like no they're just gonna suck you dry for all your worth, keep you around as a freelance girlfriend, no contract, no benefits, all bad. No healthcare. No, <laughs> no, healthcare. no vision, no, no holidays, no PTO. Yeah. God, very bad. So with all of these red flags and issues you've seen and negatives is a strong word, but like with all the, the challenges that come with dating, what keeps you dating? What keeps you in that state of I am dating and continuing to put yourself out there? I mean, nothing's going to happen just sitting at home. I mean, I know for a fact that I am good company and I would very much enjoy encountering a person that could be my consistent company. But 
you know, I, I could sit at home and whine about it. And sometimes I do sit at home and whine and text my friends and make TikToks about it. But at the end of the day, like nothing's going to happen if you don't put yourself out there. You just kind of have to, I mean, my, my personality, my, my instinct is to turn everything into humor. That's where we are. That's what we're doing. But, you know, the only thing worse than having a bad experience is having no experience at all. And just kind of knowing that you're cool and you're someone that people want to get to know and be around. And then that's the the best thing you can do is kind of put yourself in a position where people get to experience how great you are, which is right. it's difficult for that to happen from home <laughs> and right. in, in, in your comfort zone, you know, but yeah, it's easier said than done. Do you have any advice that you'd like to leave with the listeners about, you know, dating in your twenties in general, or just kind of a mantra that keeps you going? I don't, it's hard to wrap everything up into one, but my grandma used to always say to me when I would leave her house after a fun weekend of hanging out, she would say, thank you for the company. You're such good company. You know, she'd always use that word company, which no one ever uses. <laughs> She's a grandma. And I just feel like that's kind of how you have to live your life, both, you know, personally, professionally, romantic, platonic, whatever. Like you just have to focus on good company. You have to know what kind of company you are and only make time for the people that are good company. And if they are, you know, make a lot of time for them, especially your friends. That's so sweet. I love that. Grandmas have the best advice. They know things. They really do. They, I, I have like a folder in my phone of my grandma's mm-hmm. advice. She'd be like, I have three boyfriends. I'm like, all right, Oela, go off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. They, they know what's up. You know, they've seen a thing or two. Mm -hmm. so we have to listen to them we have to call them we have to take their advice to heart yes this is free advice to all listeners to call your grandma yes call your grandma yeah well thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me (laughs) oh oh, and where can people find you tiktok i'll tell them not to dm you because yikes unless they want like (laughs) um unless they want to actually discuss like dating themes and fun stuff hey I welcome a DM slide, but nothing can stay in a DM. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to move it from the DMs, yeah. Exactly. Um, my TikTok is VJ Pla. My last name is Pla. Um, and then my Instagram is Plavator, P-L-A-V-A-T-O-R. It's a childhood nickname and I'm kind of attached to it. So mm-hmm. that's the explanation of that one. I was always curious about that. I thought it maybe like Pla, like last name and then Vittorio is like Victoria is that what it is kind of like that's kind of what it is when I was a kid and I was on the bus they wanted to call me Icky Vicky and I was like you can't call me Vicky you can't call me Tori and they were like what if we mushed it all together and called you Plavator and it stuck and now it's my Instagram username and the one guy who came up to it will like reply to my story once in a while and be like it lives on it lives on (laughs) I love it I had a nickname that was like legendary, but horrible, which is Marcellery. And I was like, this can't live, but also- I actually love that. I know, but also it's genius. Yeah, God, kids are so creative. They're too creative for their own good. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, well, perfect. Everyone go follow Victoria on her various platforms. I literally, I have so much fun with you and two Virgos just hanging out is- my I know. <laughs> Annie and Hallie having our moment. <laughs> yes, exactly.